Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. Jason Vandeveer here with you this afternoon. Looking forward to a great program, taking your calls, your prayer requests, and your questions about the Bible. Uh, 303, you heard the number there. Let me give it to you one more time. 303-690-3000. That's the number to call no matter where you're at. 303-690-3000. If you want to text, uh, we have a different text line. 720-336-0897. Give me a short one-sentence text with your prayer request or your question, and we'll answer as many of those as we can, and uh, perhaps some of those uh, on the air as well. Uh, but best thing to do is pick up the phone, join me on the program. I'd love to have you, 303-690-3000, and uh, appreciate all of those, uh, all of you listening up and down the front range of Colorado, Wyoming, on Grace FM, uh, Truth FM listeners in Kentucky, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Of course, welcome to all of you and our Hope FM listeners in Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. And then, of course, don't forget all of our uh, listeners online streaming, Chiang Mai, Thailand uh, right now, South Korea, all over the United States, California, Pennsylvania, Oregon. Uh, welcome to all of you uh, who are listening. Appreciate uh, you tuning in uh, either to uh, to Calvary Live on your local station uh, or at gracefm.com. And uh, love to have you join me on the program here. You can call in regardless of how you're listening, 303-690-3000. I'm Jason Vandiver. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. And if you're going to be in the Parker, Colorado area, I'd love to have you join us uh, at Calvary Chapel Parker this weekend. Uh, you can do so Sunday morning, 9 or 10.45 a.m. Actually, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be at Denver Calvary, uh, teaching at uh, Denver Calvary this weekend as a guest. So uh, if you're going to be in that neck of the woods uh, over uh, not far from Cherry Creek uh, area, I will be at Denver Calvary at 9.30 a.m. for their Sunday morning service. You can get uh, directions and a reminder of that service time at denvercalvary.org. Looking forward to seeing all of the folks uh, over there. You can also take advantage uh, of all of our resources uh, at Calvary Chapel Parker, calvarychapelparker.com, including last night's message. You can stream uh, the audio or video, calvarychapelparker.com. We finished up the book of First Chronicles, looking at David, the worshiper uh, of God. So a lot of resources available for you, including uh, this program right here. We hope that it's a blessing to you today. And uh, let's get uh, right to the phones. Let's go to Joe uh, in Aurora, Colorado. Joe, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Um, uh... I had a question. Um, I have someone who grew up Catholic and drifted away from God, mm -hmm. and now they're kind of open to the idea, and I was wondering if you could give me any advice as to uh, present God in a way that doesn't remind them of, you know, yeah. the bad Catholicism experience. 
Yeah, you know, and and so this is uh, someone that you know pretty well. It sounds like. Do you? Yeah, do you, yeah. Yeah. Do you do you see them a lot? I mean, get a chance to spend time with them where you could actually sit down and 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 discuss things. Do you think they'd be open to that or? Yeah, she's she's my girlfriend, and we're okay. we're looking at you know if this is viable with you know pursuing God together. That's like a huge deal. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, you you want to make a, a a good choice. Uh churches right now are filled and there uh there are all kinds of people listening who unfortunately are are married to people who aren't believers. And so, um, you know, a lot of times we go into those situations with good intentions, but it's good to figure that out at the point that you're at now uh, rather than getting down the road and realizing you believe something and someone else is not really willing to believe that. Uh, but that said, uh, I would say this, that, that um, you know, there are a lot of uh, people uh, in our church as well uh, who, who grew up Catholic. And, and I find that the best thing to, to do is to, sh- is to share uh, what the Bible says, because what you discover is, is that most Catholics uh, haven't been taught the Word of God. In fact, depending on you know how old they are uh at, at one point in time you know the bible was basically forbidden to catholics as as strange as that sounds and and it created a dependency upon the 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 priests and and upon the church um but we discover as believers that uh um that we have an ability as john says in his epistles uh to to understand by the spirit the word of god and so um i i would just suggest reading the word of god sitting down and 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 just reading the word of god together starting in 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 the gospel of matthew and just reading through the new testament uh and then discussing it and then you know if she's open to it what i would also suggest is uh you know if you're i don't know if you go to church together if you have a church since you're in the aurora you're not far from uh most likely calvary aurora uh going to uh to church there and uh watching messages online together or listening to messages online together and then talking about those uh, messages and the subject matter and the things that come up and discussing them and very quickly that's going to take you to the most important subject and that's not you know what church is right that's not what religion is right um, but that's you know who is God um, and and what does it mean to have a relationship with God why do we need to have a relationship with God I i.e. that's going to get you into the subject matter uh, of sin and man's need for redemption. In other words, just staying central to the key uh, elements of the Christian faith and to the Word of God. And then, you know, you don't go down some, you know, religious uh, uh, path um, that that's, you know, uh, not going to be helpful. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it, 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 because at the end of the day, it's not about a, a, a religion. You know, you don't want your girlfriend to be a religious person. You want her to know Jesus Christ. You you want her to have uh, salvation. And so um, the best thing to do is just stick to the fundamental elements of that and, and also to get into the Word of God to allow those topics to come up and even uh, begin going to church. CalvaryAurora.org uh, would be a good website for you to start at to find uh, some of those messages and also to get uh, service times on uh, Sunday morning for Calvary Chapel Aurora, or, or Calvary Church Aurora, rather, is what, it, is what it's called. All right, great. Okay. No, yeah, thank you so much. That, yeah. that was really helpful. You bet. And, and, and is there any part of your question that, that, that I missed? I don't want to let you go without fully answering your question, or is there anything else on your mind? 
Um, really, I mean, she kind of feels ashamed or like she can't speak to God. Would there be any any way that you could lead me to, you know, maybe some verses or anything like that where she feels ashamed? Yeah, well, unfortunately, the 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 problem with religion and, and particularly Catholicism is it produces a fair amount of of, of guilt and and shame. It, it, it's really kind of based on that, and and you know that's the 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 beauty of of Christianity is is that uh, uh, we're free in Christ. You know, uh, Jesus uh, tells us in in. Uh, in, in, in the Gospel of John, uh, whom the Son sets free uh, is is free indeed, and uh, and that's in the eighth. Uh, let me make sure I get the right passage for you. Uh, eighth chapter, I believe, of the Gospel of John. For whatever reason, my uh, concordance is not working here. Uh, John eight thirty six is. Uh, uh, that's the beauty of having a producer uh, behind the scenes who, who who can be faster than I am. But uh, as I said, the eighth chapter of John, the thirty sixth verse. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, and I also think of the 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 book of Romans uh, that that tells us uh, that there is uh, no condemnation uh, for for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, there is therefore now no condemnation uh, for us in Christ Jesus. That that uh, if God is for us, uh, who can be against us? Paul says, and so you know the the Bible is full of of words of of, of freedom. Romans eight one uh, and throughout. I would just read the whole eighth chapter uh, of Romans there. But um, but uh, so John eight, Romans eight. Those are good places to start. Um, but but as you read through, as I was talking about, as you read through the scripture. Um, you're going to come to a very, if you systematically read through the scripture together, and, and you can make a lot of progress really quickly just reading a few chapters a day uh, together. But as you do that, you're going to come to a very different conclusion because religion doesn't do that. It doesn't systematically take you through the word of God. It, it, it has an aberrant, well, religions can have an aberrant view of, uh, of, of what it means to have a relationship with God. And a lot of people have, have been, you know, not taught God grace uh but but given this this doctrine um based on on guilt and and based on shame and jesus christ comes and 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 he comes to remove our guilt he comes to uh to remove uh our shame uh, we're told that his yoke is easy uh in matthew eleven thirty, and and his burden is light that's what jesus said he said he said come and 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 learn of me take my yoke upon you that the the yoke he was speaking of was was the the wood piece that 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 put two oxen together. He's, in other words, he's saying, "Come and, and be joined with me, uh, because you'll discover not, you know, guilt and shame, but but uh, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light." Now that doesn't mean that we don't have sin and and that we don't need to repent of that sin. Uh, but but God doesn't desire for us to stay in that position where we're we're constantly being beaten down. He wants us to move forward uh, in victory, and that's. Now that's the essence of the gospel, that, but that's the problem sometimes with, with the way that, that some of us grew up or, or the religion that some of us grew up in is, is that it doesn't draw us to God. It, it, it actually builds a wall between us and, and God, making us think that we could never come to him. Uh, but that's why Jesus Christ died on the cross. Yeah, and that's kind of the place we're at right now because 
Um, you know, I grew up Christian. I've always felt God, even when I've, you know, backslidden his little, you know, hand is always like, hey, you know, come back. I've always felt God, and she has had the opposite experience. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, not everybody's had the, the, the privilege. I mean, you, you've been blessed, but, but you're seeing, you know, that, that unfortunately a lot of people had a different experience and, and sadly um, didn't have the right experience in terms of what they were being taught and how they were being encouraged. And, and, and so then the reality is is that uh, their, you know, their religious experience actually drove a wedge between uh, them and, and, and God. And that's a lot of people in a lot of religions, not just Catholicism, but uh, all kinds of religions where you know, they, they either end up continuing on in a dead religion or they end up totally alienated from God thinking that, that that's, you know, incorrectly, that that's what, what having a relationship with God is all about. Okay, great. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you so much. That was, that was very helpful. Yeah, so I would just check out uh, some of those resources available to you, like I said, online. You can also go to our website if you'd like, uh, Calvary Chapel Parker. Dot com. We have uh, the entire Bible audio video available for you uh, online. You can just stream it, pick a book, chapter, verse, and uh, and and watch and, and at, you know from wherever you are, listen from wherever you are in the car, or watch at home or, or or at the office, and then talk about those those messages. But um, I think the main thing is is you guys just reading uh, through the Word and then sitting down and and talking about the fundamentals of the Christian faith, and and those are. Are, you know just you know who is God and and who is man and and why does man need God in other words you know sin and 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 what is uh, you know why did Christ come and die and what does it mean to have a relationship with him and how is a person saved you know those are the most important questions um, you know that that you can deal with and then everything else is you know beyond that is going to be a lifetime of building upon that right Okay. No, thank you. I, I appreciate that. What was that website one more time? The last yes. one you mentioned with all the videos? Yeah, you bet. Uh, Calvary Chapel, so C-A-L-V-A-R-Y, Calvary Chapel, C-H-A-P-E-L, Parker, P-A-R-K-E-R.com. Yeah, CalvaryChapelParker.com. There's a tab at the top that says Messages. And that'll take you to a, a, a page where there's Old and New Testament pull-down menus. Um, most cases, you're going to see a Series 2, like a Genesis, and then a Genesis Series 2. In all cases, Series 2 is going to be the more recent time through the Bible. So uh, you can just pick a, a, a book and... and you know, take the first message, and w over the last several years, we have everything in video as well, uh, so you can watch it or listen to it, but it's all there uh, through the Bible, and, and so if you, for example, if you decide to start reading in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, you could read in the Gospel of Matthew, discuss it, then you could go and watch uh, or uh, listen to uh, audio or video uh, from that passage in the Gospel of Matthew. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And uh, give us a call back, Joe, and just let me know, you know, how things are going. Subsequently, you know, as you have conversations, things might come up, and, and then we can specifically take it from there. Awesome. Thank you so much. You bet you. God bless you. Have a great day. You too. 303-690-3000 is the number to call if you want to join me on the air. I'm Jason Vanderveer, pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. If you want to text, uh, that's a different number, 720-336-0897. Give me a short uh, 
one uh, sentence text if you can with your prayer request uh, or uh, or your question. Um, speaking of text questions, I've got one here. Um, this listener says that they, they hear a lot on Grace FM about the name it and claim it type preaching. Can you give an example of what type of preaching uh, uh, I think the the gist of this is uh, uh, they're looking for an example of the name it and claim it uh, style uh, of preaching. Well, yes, that name it and claim it is kind of a a euphemism uh, for for the prosperity doctrine, uh, for what was called the word faith. Uh, or linked to the word faith movement a while back. It's uh, it includes uh, false teachers uh, such as uh, Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland, uh, Joyce Meyer, uh, Joel Osteen, a uh, whole host of of, of other uh, uh, charlatans. And um, basically, what what you're looking at, at at the name it and claim it, as I said, is is that it, it, so. The concise explanation that that those who adhere to this false doctrine say that you know words are are uh, you know uh, faith is a force. They'll tell you words are the container of the force. This is a quote. Uh, words are the container of the force. So therefore, if you you know if you if you speak it, if you name it, uh, and you claim it, then it's yours. So in other words, if you uh, example of this would be you know if you say well you know I'm really wealthy. I heard one of these guys one time saying you know. Speak to your wallet and tell your wallet, you know, you've never been so fat, you've never been so full. And then the reality is, is that by you speaking these words in faith, uh, that you're going to speak it into reality. And hence it became known as, as name it and claim it. And typically their focal point or their focus is, is on health, uh, wealth, uh, overall prosperity. The, the problem is, is that we don't, um, and this is a huge problem, is, is that we don't find this anywhere in Scripture. In fact, we find just the opposite. We see Paul uh, suffering with a, uh, a thorn in his flesh and, and the Lord telling him that my grace is sufficient for you. We see Timothy uh, struggling with a stomach ailment. We see others uh, martyred and, 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 and with Paul again shipwrecked and beaten and going through very difficult things. And, and the reality is, is that uh, the life of faith is not um, necessarily a life of prosperity. When you look at Jesus, uh, I was just sharing this uh, this past weekend as we were in the 22nd Psalm. Um, when you look at Jesus, Jesus, the only thing that he owned was the clo- were the clothes on his back, and he and and those were taken from him at the time of the crucifixion. So uh, Jesus was was not prosperous uh, at all, and so uh, and and a servant, Jesus said, is no greater than his master. So so we shouldn't expect in this life health and wealth and and prosperity. It's it's not scriptural. If God blesses you, great. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but uh, the Bible says, if riches increase, set not your heart on them. And so there is this false doctrine that uh, that unfortunately teaches people that they you know they need to to speak things positively not speak things uh, that are negative 
uh, and then they'll speak their desired existence uh, into reality. Fortunately, this has been around for a little while, but sadly, uh, it's still being preached some places. So, hey, I hope that helps you understand that. I hope it helps you so that you can stay away from it, uh, so that you can encourage others not to get involved in that. Uh, but that is uh, kind of the name it and claim it doctrine. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Diana in Aurora. Diana, welcome to the program. Um, hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Um, I have a question about Old Testament promises. And, you know, I've asked this of several people over the years, and I mm -hmm. guess I'm not getting the uh, good enough. I don't understand it. But mm -hmm. how do we know that the promises of the Old Testament are for us? And I can't think of the one, but like the, there's a really famous one in Jeremiah. You see it on, you know. Yeah, book. I know what you're how talking about. Because God's talking to me specifically to those people, you know, that person directly. So how do we know that, that those promises are for us? Yeah, and, and of course the passage in Jeremiah, you're probably thinking it's 29 11, where he says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Um, thoughts of, uh, uh, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That's probably the, one of the most famous promises uh, in, in, in the book of Jeremiah. Um, I would say this, that, that when we look at promises in the Old Testament, um, primarily, uh, well, there, there are specific times where it's named out uh, that, that those promises are uh, for the Gentiles as well, particularly promises concerning the Savior. Uh, but so many of the promises in the Old Testament relate to Israel. Uh, but certainly there is a spiritual application uh, of some of those promises, at least in a certain extent, We've got uh, or, or context. We've got to be careful, though, uh, of taking promises that... Um, uh, uh, are made in the Old Testament for Israel and somehow trying to appropriate them for the church. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, some people do that. It's known as replacement theology where where we take, uh, incidentally, they don't take any of the curses. They only take the promises and then they try to, to, to transfer them over the church. God has specific promises for the nation of Israel uh, that will still be fulfilled literally in the nation of Israel. So that's not what I'm talking about. But there are uh, certain general promises or there are, is certain application of promises uh, that that we can receive that that apply to all believers and and Diana, the, the, the context becomes really important because, you know, when you're looking at, at, at a promise, if, if it's a promise that, that, that generally exists uh, to all who place their faith and trust in God, um, then those promises are as much uh, for you uh, as they were at the time uh, that they were, were given. And so, you know, uh, when we're going through the Word of God, that's the beautiful thing. Whether we're looking at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, uh, or we're looking at Isaiah chapter 53, uh, where, where it speaks uh, uh, of the Messiah's work uh, to all humankind who would place their faith and trust in Him. Uh, so it, it, it depends on the context, whether you're dealing with a specific promise, uh, like to Israel, or whether you're just dealing with a general promise that would apply apply uh, to all uh, in the past, in the present, and in the future who would place their faith and trust in God through His Son, Jesus Christ. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, and, and again, context context is so important. So, you know, that that's why I encourage you to, you know, um, this is really important. You know, when you're, when you're reading something, a lot of times, you know, there'll be a 
promise that that somebody will you know just kind of lay claim to from an individual verse but it's important to just kind of pull back and say okay well what's going on here and and this is the fundamentals really of of bible study observation interpretation application that's what's known as the inductive bible study method observation interpretation application so in other words you're not taking a an individual verse and just lifting that and making it say whatever you want you have to take that verse in context in other words in the section that it's in in the chapter that it's in in the book that it's in in within the bible as a whole and and then you can interpret and then you can apply it you know either to you know whether it just applies to to those individuals or whether it applies to believers as a whole so so sometimes most of the time you've got to kind of step back and take a look at something uh rather than just saying yep you know that's for me uh and 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 because you know maybe it is but maybe it's not that makes sense yeah well, I hope that helps you, and it sounds like you've you've uh, kind of been been wrestling with that for for uh, a little bit, a little while. So hopefully that gives you some some direction yeah. going forward. All right, thank you. You betcha. God bless you, Diana. It looks like we've got a uh, an anonymous uh, caller, and uh, they want to know where in the Bible uh, is the support for the belief that you should wait uh, for the one and only spouse. Uh, that God has sent you. Uh, so, uh, is this? It sounds like we've got this uh, caller on the line. Are, uh, do we have him connected? Hello, welcome to Calvary Live. Oh, we dropped. Uh, we we dropped uh, our caller, but uh, hopefully they're listening. And uh, I will just uh, go ahead and uh, answer answer that question uh, from from this uh, anonymous caller. Looks like they're here in uh, Colorado. There there's there isn't. Uh, I think we should back up and 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 talk about this. I think it's a very important question. First of all, and subject, you know, how do you you know how do you come to that person that that uh, or how do you find that person that God has given you and 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 has brought to you and 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 what of this idea is that there is uh you know one and and only spouse that 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 God has for you i guess the important uh, thing is to a lot of times people want a specific you know show me this verse that says this but but so much of the bible is is understanding ideas uh and where those ideas are drawn from and and so often it is not one specific verse it is a lot of different passages um, whether we we look back and uh, and we think of uh, the book of Genesis is really fundamental because so many things begin including marriage uh, in the book of Genesis and we think about Adam and and God creating Eve specifically for Adam and then you continue on in the book of Genesis and we think about uh, uh, Isaac and and Rebecca and uh, how the Lord prepares Rebecca for Isaac and how he brings her uh, to him. These are such great stories. I, I would encourage you. There's a great book by uh, Ravi Zacharias, um, R-A-V-I-Z-A-C-H-A-R-I-A-S, I believe. I, I apologize to Ravi if I misspelled his last name, but it's called uh, I, 
Isaac take the Rebecca. I, I Isaac take the Rebecca. You can find it online wherever books are sold, Amazon or digital copies of it. Great book. Uh, we may even have a copy of it at our church at Calvary Chapel Parker. But uh, I Isaac take the Rebecca, and it's all about the story uh, uh, of the marriage of Isaac and Rebecca. But uh, but the Lord brings people uh, together, and so it's always good, I think, rather than to you know go out and stress out about making things happen uh, to to pray and to trust and to seek the Lord and to let him bring that person that he has uh, for you. And so, as I said, we see that in the life of Adam. We see that in the life of, uh, of Isaac and Rebecca. That doesn't mean that, you know, you can't desire that. That doesn't mean that you can't go to church and maybe hope that you meet the right person there. Uh, I know a lot of great Christians Christians that have met uh, the person that they've married online. How do I know uh, how God is going to bring that person to you to tell you, well, you should do this, you shouldn't do that? Uh, I don't know. And the Lord can use technology. The Lord can use the Internet, uh, whatever. But uh, but uh, you should wait and trust however the Lord desires to do it for him to bring that uh, person to you and actively pray and allow the Lord to prepare you so that you're the right person uh, for them. So I hope that helps out our caller. You listen to Calvary Live here, Jason Vanderveer, pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. Colorado 303-690-3000. All lines are open so that uh, you can call during this break and we'll get you on the air right after this. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back to Calvary Live. Jason Vandeveer here with you. Going to take more calls and questions from you. 303-690-3000 if you want to call or 720-336-0897 is the text line. Give me a short uh, one-sentence text uh, if you can of your prayer request uh, or your question. Had uh, one uh, question come in uh, by phone uh, I don't think we have uh, Sam on the line, but we do have his question. And so, Sam, we'll go ahead and order. Uh, order. We're going to go ahead and answer uh, answer your question, Sam, in Denver. And his question is regarding the ten virgins in, in Matthew chapter 25. Uh, he was given the impression that uh, they're the ten lost tribes of Israel. Uh, and if they're not the ten lost tribes of Israel, uh, how would we interpret uh, this particular uh, parable? Well, uh, first of all, there's no such thing as the lost tribes of Israel. So we know that the ten virgins are are not talking about the lost tribes uh, of Israel because uh, the the tribes of Israel uh, were not lost. So uh, let me give you an explanation of that because uh, I think a lot of people are are confused uh, by this idea of. Uh, the lost tribes of Israel. What we discover in the scripture is is that the the tribes were uh, reunited in captivity. So we discover that uh, first of all, two things happened when when you you look in the Old Testament. Uh, first of all, you see that that uh, portions of those tribes in 722 BC of the ten northern tribes uh, when they were cap 
uh, taken captive by the Assyrians, a portion of those tribes were actually left in the land. Uh, then what you also discover is is that uh, um, that the rest were taken into captivity. Then in five well. Ultimately, in 586 BC, when the temple is destroyed and the final deportation from Judah, uh, now under the the Babylonians, uh, who have since conquered the Assyrians, those tribes are are reunited uh, in captivity, and so all of those those tribes uh, would then return. Uh, we see during the reign of Josiah. Uh, that they're present uh, in the land. We see Paul uh, writing and, and, and others in the New Testament writing uh, to the 12 tribes of Israel. We see Anna, the prophetess of the tribe of Asher. We see, of course, those uh, who were of the priesthood, which would have been of the tribe of Levi. Uh, so we see the tribes uh, represented. So the idea that, that there are 10 lost tribes, uh, I can get into this more, uh, but I don't really want to take too much time uh, on 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 the subject of lost tribes because that's not really your question your question is the uh, Matthew chapter 25 in the parable of the virgins so there aren't ten lost tribes uh, of the house of Israel so now we get to the the parable of the ten virgins and uh, uh, in Matthew chapter 25 and uh, uh, we see these these uh, virgins there, um, and and we see the the whole Jewish wedding, and uh, then we see that there are uh, two stages of the wedding betrothal and marriage, and we see that these stages are complete, uh, and and there's also the whole uh, discussion of of the lamps that were required in the in the procession, and and it, it's just a fascinating picture when when you look at this um, but here typically uh, in when we look at this parable uh, most feel that this pictures the return of Jesus Christ uh, at uh, um, uh, at the uh, at the rapture or the, this this so the return of Christ really has two parts the rapture of the church and his return to earth and the church is usually viewed as the bride um, but the focus in this parable is on the virgin um, virgins and the bride does not uh, if you look here uh, really have a role in this story and so uh, the point is being ready and the virgins are the illustration for that five of the virgins uh, were ready and five of the virgins were not so five were believers and five others while they may have had something in common with believers they they weren't ultimately believers and so they they all had lamps, uh, and uh, some had oil in the lamps. Uh, they all had oil actually in their lamps, but some took along extra oil. And of course, oil in the scriptures is a, is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And so and you can't really fake uh, the Holy Spirit. You either have the Holy Spirit uh, or you don't. And so um, the Holy Spirit indwells every believer when they place their faith in Christ. And so the question then becomes being ready. How do you know you're ready? Well, first, you've got the Holy Spirit living and working in you. And uh, then there are those that uh, have a lamp, but no light. There's nothing going on. So that's kind of, you know, without going too much into it, uh, uh, too much further into it, I preached an entire message, you know, on this uh, Con, you know, boiling all of that information down to to a couple of minutes here uh, is a little bit uh, difficult. But I wouldn't say that this is 
is a picture uh, of Israel. Uh, it's, a, it's a picture of the rapture, and there's going to come a time uh, when the rapture will come and the door will be shut, and there's going to be some who are left behind who will go through the tribulation. Uh, if they don't receive Christ uh, during the tribulation, then the door's going to be shut permanently on salvation uh, for them. And so... Um, you know, they've got lamps, um, and uh, uh, they know the feast location. They know where to buy the oil. Uh, you might say that, that the other five are church-going folk, uh, but uh, maybe not necessarily saved uh, or people that are close uh, but haven't placed their faith in Jesus Christ. So hope that uh, helps you, and uh, if you want, you can go to... Uh, CalvaryChapelParker.com, pull up uh, Matthew, our studies in Matthew, look at our study on Matthew chapter 25, uh, verses 1 through 30, uh, taking care of the uh, parable uh, of the ten virgins there. 303-690-3000, let's see who's up next, Rico and Aurora, do we have Rico? How's it going, Rico? Rico, welcome to the program. Yeah, hello. Sorry, I could hear the whole thing you were just saying, and then now it's coming <laughs> real choppy. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, can you hear us uh, better now? Yeah, it's coming in a little bit better. What's on your mind? Let me take you on. Um, so I'm actually just trying to uh, have you guys lift up my mom. She is, uh, has been, I should say, suffering from kidney stones for the last 20, 25 years. Uh, I've, I've never actually met anybody else that's, you know, had a condition like her. She, like, literally passes two to three kidney stones every every month, and it's it's insane, man. She's like, and, and I, I, I cry, dude, when I get, like, uh, you know, trapped gas, so I have no idea. Like, yeah, I can't right. even imagine what she's going through. Yeah. Um, but it's this one that she has right now. She's been, I guess, trying to pass for about a month, and uh, it's getting pretty severe. Uh, she doesn't want to talk to anybody on the phone. She doesn't want to go to the hospital because... Every time she goes to the hospital, they uh, basically just put her in more pain by, you know, having to put stints in her and everything. So uh, she's she is a believer. I'm a believer, and I'm a strong believer in the power of prayer. Uh, so, you know, I've been I've been praying for her all day, man, and and I always listen to 89.7 when I'm going home from work, and I figured, you know, it'd be awesome to to have my brothers in Christ lift her up with me. So. Yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd love to do that. Let's pray right now, Rico, for your mom. Father, I just uh, thank you for Rico and, and uh, thank you for his heart to turn to you in prayer. Lord, we know that that is our, our first resort, that that is our best uh, option. Uh, we thank you that, that we have uh, such great health care available to us, but sometimes there's just things that they can't do. Uh, or they don't know what to do, or they've tried it over and over again, but the problem persists. And this seems to be one of those cases, Lord. I just pray for his mom. Uh, Lord, I pray that you, you would be with her. And, and Lord, we just pray that she would be healed. We, we pray that, that if you're willing, that, that you would uh, remove this from her. But, uh, uh, Lord, as you've seen fit so far not to do that, uh, we know that you know better. We just ask that you could uh, help her just uh, uh, alleviate her pain uh, help her to as she goes through these uh, uh, these times where where she's passing kidney stones and she's in excruciating pain. Uh, Lord, I just pray that, that that you would minister to her and you would help her somehow uh, to be able to 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 deal uh, with that pain. Lord, we 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 don't even know. We we can't even imagine uh, what that must be like. And so, Lord, I just pray uh, that you would just minister to her and 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 um, Lord, if there is a, a 
a, a treatment or something available that that would be made known to her, that that would be made known to her doctors as well. Uh, Lord, and we just thank you uh, that you love her, you know, and, and, and we pray spiritually, Lord, that, that you would work through this. You've, you've allowed it for a reason, and so we pray that you would, uh, that you would work as, as only you can and as you're faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I thank you for calling in and just giving us an opportunity. And and anytime, give us a call here. We'll we'll pray for your mom and and let us know how things are going. We'll do. Thanks a lot. Take care, Rico. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Jason Vanderveer with you on Calvary Live. Let's go to Andrew in Denver. Andrew, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. What's on your mind? Um, I have a question about the the uh, Luis and Eunice, mm-hmm. him with the um, grandma and uh, moms. Yep. Uh, I'll give an example of Luis and um, Eunice, uh, the example. So I'm trying to get more about information about Luis and Eunice, but I did not get any other other references uh, except second Timothy one five. So do you have any the mind to help me to get more information on Yeah no so so we don't uh outside of of second uh, Timothy one five uh, we don't have uh, any other information uh, about Lois and Eunice, but there is some some good information uh, there. Uh, he had a, uh, his uh, uh, Timothy uh, had a Jewish uh, grandmother, Lois, and and she had accepted uh, Jesus Christ as her Messiah. Her daughter Eunice was also uh, Jewish, and uh, in Acts chapter sixteen. Uh, verse one, it says this that uh, uh, that uh, uh, well, let me go ahead and turn over there. Acts chapter sixteen. Uh, actually, you need to kind of go back uh, uh, to the previous chapter fifteen. But uh, Paul and Silas join up, and it says that he came to Derb and uh, Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman, but his father was Greek. So, so we know that uh, that. Uh, Eunice and Lois were were both Jewish, but that Timothy's father was actually a Gentile. But other than that, we we don't know too much uh, other information about Lois and Eunice other than uh, that they were the real influence uh, on the the life of of, of Timothy. Uh, And so they both came to Christ, and then Timothy had come through them to to learn about Christ and to become a believer. And so he's actually the third generation, but from his grandmother uh, and his mother to trust in the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And so uh, I I love Lois. They're just heroes uh, of the faith there, uh, but we don't have a lot of other information about them. I've never come across in any other texts 
uh, information about uh, Lois and Eunice either. Just uh, like I said, Acts, Acts 16, verse 1, 2 Timothy 1, uh, verse 5, which you, you, you've you brought up as well. So, you know, there are some people like that in Scripture. We only have a little bit uh, on them, but what we have on them is is powerful. And, and there are a lot of listeners out there right now who are believers uh, and maybe it's not uh, wasn't their their father but maybe it was uh, their mother or a grandmother uh, that prayed for them that shared the gospel with them that that took them to church we have several uh, grandparents in our church um, that the parents aren't believers but the grandparents are and they're bringing the grandchildren uh, to church I, I I just love I always love to see that and it's especially great when you see it like this in successive generations either fathers uh, or mothers uh, and then their children and then their grandchildren coming to Christ you know you can't you can't inherit uh, salvation. It's been said that God has no grandchildren, uh, but certainly a believing grandparent and a believing parent is going to have great influence on whether or not uh, a child and then a young person and an adult uh, comes to faith in Jesus Christ and believes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for the information. Yeah. I, I just found in Acts 16 and uh, uh, 2 Timothy 5 and then so Yep. What I trying to get like um, how they were working. I, I mean, ministering in 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 a home mm-hmm. or in a church or in a ministry. Um, uh, just trying to get um, information of their faith working or uh, yeah. faith. Yeah, working in a in a house or in a ministry. That that's that's what. Yeah. Trying to get yeah. Well, what so what we know that that's we have a little bit more information about that and how the early church operated, particularly early Jewish believers. So, so what you typically had going on, and these were were uh, Jewish believers uh, that were living in the area of Asia Minor, which today is Turkey. Um, Western Turkey uh, is where these folks uh, were, uh, and uh, so basically, what they would do is, is you know, they uh, they would uh, go on on the Sabbath and they would go to the synagogue on the Sabbath, but then on the first day of the week, uh, they would gather together uh, in house churches where those house churches existed, and and in a lot of these places where Paul had traveled, uh, there were these churches that were established, and there were leaders in these churches, and and. And, and there were very prominent uh, women that were serving in these churches, primarily ministering, uh, as we see uh, in the epistles, to other women and, and to the children uh, in those fellowships. So you had smaller localized groups that had leadership within those groups, but that often were visited uh, by apostles and and uh, teachers uh, for their well-being and and very strong thriving churches that that would gather together on on Sunday on the first day of the week they would receive communion together they would worship together they would study the word of God together usually as a, uh, a, a, a as a small group together and and that's what these individuals uh, were a part of and that's what Timothy the protege of the Apostle Paul uh, that's the environment that he came out of 
All right. Thank you, Pastor. You betcha. Hey, listen, I appreciate uh, you calling in, uh, Andrew, and God bless you. Or Rico, or Andrew, I'm sorry. <laughs> Have a great day. Thank you. you yep, too. you bet. Thank you. 303-690-3000. Jason Vandeveer with you on Calvary Live, 303-690-3000. Uh, if you want to text me, short one-sentence prayer request or question at uh, 720-336-0897. And uh, I have a text question here uh, asking about thoughts on the dinosaurs. Uh, some pastors say that the dinosaurs didn't exist, uh, according to this text. What are your thoughts on the timeline of them? Uh, well, the dinosaurs uh, did exist. Uh, we have a plethora uh, 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 of evidence uh, to to show uh, not only fossils, uh, but, uh, you know, footprints and, and uh, all sorts of other evidence uh, of uh, uh, of dinosaurs in the fossil record, but uh, so the real the, the issue is not whether they existed, right? The issue is when did the dinosaurs exist? Did they exist alongside uh, mankind? Uh, I would put the the dinosaurs in the period uh, prior to the flood. And so existing side by side with man on earth, at least in some instances, because there are fossils where there are human footprints uh, inside of dinosaur footprints. So the dinosaur footprint would have had to have been fresh enough uh, for a human to actually step inside that footprint and then for both of those to be fossilized uh, together. And that's consistent with what we uh, what we see in the fossil record, what we see in the Bible. Um, we see a lot of very large life prior to the flood. It's believed that that there was a canopy of uh, of water described in the Book of Genesis, uh, water separating the firmament from the firmament. The Scripture says, and it created kind of a greenhouse effect. That's why we see in the fossil record, um, you know, giant ferns at the poles. Uh, it was a much different environment. Uh, plant life was uh, much larger and flourishing. The climate was much different. There wasn't the, uh, due to this uh, water canopy, the same kind of uh, radiation effect uh, on life on earth. And you had much larger uh, animal life as well, including the dinosaurs. Uh, but I would suggest to you that the best explanation is not that the dinosaurs were destroyed by a giant meteorite, uh, as, as some people suggest but that but that the dinosaurs were destroyed suddenly uh, as the fossil record shows in a lot of cases and I would suggest that that sudden upheaval that that took out the dinosaurs was the same thing that took out mankind except for Noah and his family and that's the global flood so uh, that's uh, that's a perspective uh, on the the the, the dinosaurs uh, and uh, some suggest well, we see dinosaurs in the book of Job. Uh, I don't believe that is the case. There, the, the, when you look at the words there and, and, and what's being used, it seems to describe other more modern creatures. And we would probably put Job at the time of the patriarchs, uh, which would be the time right around the time of Abraham, so uh, well after the flood. So I hope that answers your question uh, regarding dinosaurs. Let's go to Brandon in Aurora. Brandon, welcome to the program. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right. It was a good day today, Mark. <laughs> ah, praise the Lord. That's that's awesome. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, this was a response to mm -hmm. um, a caller you just had about his mother 
mm-hmm. having issues with kidney stones. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to mention that uh, my dad had the same problem. He had a four millimeter stone. They were going to operate on him. Wow. And uh, he worked on his for two or three months with some research he found online mm-hmm. that uh, he did uh, twice a day. He did lemon squeezed in a glass with some water and chugged it. Mm-hmm. And then he would take an ultrasound machine uh, that he got for like 80 bucks on Amazon or Walgreens or something and pass it over his kidneys for about mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes. He'd do that a couple times a day. And uh, apparently the alkalinity and the acidity in the lemon softened the stone, and then the ultrasound would help break it up. Yeah. And he, he passed that thing one day before surgery. Well, praise the Lord for, for your dad. That sounds like I, I can't imagine a four-millimeter uh, yeah. kidney stone and the kind of pain that he must have been in. And, and yeah. the same, same with uh, Rico's mom being in that kind of pain. Look, I can't, uh, I can't uh, say you know, uh, uh, that that's the way to go, but if someone oh, wants no. to go and talk to their doctor and say, hey, do you think uh, creating uh, you know, with lemons a, more, uh, a, a, a different uh, chemistry in my body and, and using an ultrasound machine will work, if, if your doctor endorses it, uh, I think if you're in that kind of pain, you're probably willing to try just about anything. Just that's where he was at, and that's, and that's that's only why I mentioned it. I yeah, I am a believer, sir. I, I listen to this radio program every day. We prayed for him through his cancer, and he beat it, and and uh, prayed for him through the stone thing, and uh, uh, it was it was crazy. I mean, my dad he believes, but he's not. But uh, you call a church going man (laughs) by any means he's an old hippie so um but like the more we prayed for him it seemed like he was just being led to different things that like the cancer we prayed and prayed and prayed and all of a sudden he was finally finding things that were natural things to get Mm -hmm. his viral load down so the stuff the chemo that the doctor would allow him to even do it and then it ended up actually work and kind of same with the stone thing you know (laughs) here's what i here's what i would say is is that you know obviously as i mentioned earlier uh, and as you've mentioned we pray we we trust the lord and and if, if the lord desires to work if it's his will we trust him to heal and and you know if that means uh a certain medical regimen combined with you know uh some other things that 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 you find are effective uh, praise the lord i i find that there's uh, a lot of good doctors out there and they can kind of you can kind of tell them you know what you're thinking about doing and scientifically they can tell you you know if, if you've got the right doctor they can tell you yeah you know i mean maybe that would work or it's not going to hurt you to try that and and you know uh sometimes there are natural things that you can do um some something as simple as diet has such an impact um, not only on kidney stones but also on cancer as as you know uh again again the kind of the alkali uh type situation obviously cancer you know feeding on sugars and things like that so so i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't say that that any of that stuff is you know uh, is out of the question you know just just uh uh like all things pray and and ask your your doctor about it and then do what the lord tells you to do 
Thank, thank you for talking with me, man. This is the first time I've ever had the nerve to even call. I just, I heard this guy. Oh, it's <laughs> I was not like, so... oh my gosh, I, I know <laughs> I, what helped my dad. <laughs> I, I, I know something about that. It, and you called in, and you're going to survive. I, I think yeah. the odds are you're going to make it out of this thing alive. And, and you know, a lot of people think ah, if I call in, you know, oh no, what's going to happen to me? And yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not so bad. Maybe you'll do it again. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I I love you guys' show, and I, I listen to your live broadcast with everybody that comes on every day. Well, we we really appreciate it, Brandon. Appreciate you tuning in, calling in, listening, and just praying with us and sharing sharing with us when the Lord puts it on your heart. Uh, God bless you, my friend. God bless you. Have a great day. You as well. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We've got some. Uh, I think we've got our lines uh, all open. Just a few minutes left, so you'll have to to dial quickly. Here's a prayer request for healing uh, in in the feet and legs. Let's uh, lift this up, Lord. We do just lift up this uh, prayer request here for this individual. We don't know their name, but we pray for their feet. We pray uh, for their legs. We pray that that whatever they're suffering from, that you would touch them. Uh, if you're willing, that you would heal them that you would strengthen them, that you would be there with them through this and accomplish all your will and be glorified. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, we've got uh, another call here from Baltimore. Eileen, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Um, Pastor, um, my husband and I had to put our dog down on Monday. I'm he sorry. had gastrocarcinoma. Um, he went very quickly. Um and we had to make the choice of whether to let him go on his own or actually put him down. Yeah. And we do. And it's I have just I about. Have, we both, both have struggled with real quickly. And I just want to know in God's eyes, did we do the right thing? Yes, and and I have just I'm going to have to answer you quickly because our show's wrapping up here. But I really appreciate your call. And yes, I I I think uh, you know to show mercy uh, toward an animal is a good thing. And and if the best advice of of your veterinarian was uh, you know to to because your dog had cancer to to put your dog down, then then you made the right decision and and you spared uh, that animal suffering. You know, and we know that these are uh, created by God and. We have the responsibility, uh, you know, for stewardship in, in, in their lives. The Lord gives the animals to us to care for. And uh, by all means, uh, you, you made the right choice. And uh, Proverbs 12.10, whoever uh, is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, uh, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. I'm going to have to leave it there, Eileen. Uh, short, Thank you so much. You, you betcha. You. So Proverbs 12.10, God bless you, Eileen. God bless you, all of you folks, uh, all of our calls today callers and text uh, questions appreciate all of you thanks for tuning in to calvary live uh, we'll be back tomorrow lord willing i'll be with you again tomorrow jason vanderveer here god bless you and have a great night you've been listening to calvary live tune in next time for prayer and god's word